So this morning um, is, is the first of our two guest speakers for the month. Um, this week we have Pastor Derek Parks. Um, he is a church planter and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship to meet just really a few blocks behind us here in Little Italy off North Union. And um, we have some shared background with, with a group of churches called Acts 29. And um, I wanted him to have him here in this sermon series in particular because um, I asked him if he would help equip us. You know, we are in the city limits of Wilmington. And since the first day I've been here, I've been talking about just the blessing of our zip code, right? Like God put this church in the city limits of Wilmington for over 150 years, right? That's an amazing testimony, okay? And I've studied the history of this church and looked through the pastors of the past, right? And I mean, many, many decades ago, just pastor after pastor, like, there was intentional ministry here, right, in the hard reaches of this city. And it's something that I want to revitalize and, and just kind of bring here, right, to, to this church once again. And so uh, Pastor Derek is kind of right in the thick of it, and that's by intention and design, um, according to his calling. And so I know his heart is especially in this topic, and I asked him to come here and help equip us for a biblical vision of why the church should embrace, embrace city and urban ministry and its difficulties and challenges. So um, with that being said, he's also preaching a sermon at his church um, right after he preaches here. So I'm going to go ahead and call him up. Uh, please welcome Pastor Derek. Good morning, Emmanuel. You guys doing okay this morning? All right, you guys are really good responders. That's all right. I don't have to give you my speech about responding to me. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here this morning, grateful for the invitation um, from Pastor Daniel, um, and um, just encouraged about uh, the opportunity to uh, share in the work of gospel ministry in the same city, um, amongst the same people, and with the same issues and challenges. And... Um, but most importantly, with the same gospel. Uh, we come with the same message of Jesus uh, that has been saving souls uh, for millennia. And so I'm deeply, deeply encouraged uh, to spend some time with you all uh, this morning. And so uh, when Pastor Daniel asked me to come and share on this topic, um, I didn't have to do a lot in terms of preparation because I feel like I talk about this all the time <laughs> in various spaces and places. And so, um, but I thought it was very unique uh, and interesting for me uh, to be in a place that has such a rich history. Um, churches that are this age, uh, oftentimes, uh, just sadly, they dip into uh, obscurity. Um, but to look out into this room and to see the vibrancy and vitality in the room, to see the love for Jesus uh, is an encouragement to my heart um, as a church planter uh, and looking forward to the hopes that after I'm long gone and dead and in the ground and no one remembers my name anymore, um, that there will be a church that is, uh, has deep roots in this city uh, where people are loving Jesus and uh, experiencing the grace of God on a regular basis. And so uh, I'm deeply encouraged to be here today. And so I wanted to talk to you this morning around the idea of what's the city worth? And I think that's really important for us to assess as we're thinking about ministry in the urban core. 
as we have the opportunity to be planted in the city, as we have the opportunity to be planted in the place, uh, it is very incumbent upon us that we understand the value of the place where we reside. And so I want to encourage us today from the scripture in Matthew chapter 10, verse 11, with just one simple verse. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's commissioning them out to go and to do ministry. And he says to them in verse 11, he says, when you enter any city or town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Father, I pray, God, that you would bless uh, the hearing of your word. God, I pray, God, that you would uh, bless us, Father, as we receive from you today, Father. God, I pray, God, that your word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls this morning. And Father, I pray by your spirit, God, and by your grace, God, that we, God, would leave from this message knowing your love and your grace for us, that we would leave from this message knowing, Father, that you have great intentions for us and that you have purposes for our lives, God, that are connected directly to the purposes uh, that you have for other people. And so, Father, I pray that you will bless us, uh, strengthen us, and give us everything that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the first things I want to point out for us in this passage um, as sort of a kickstart for us as we're thinking about what ministry in the urban core looks like is this concept of exegeting the city. And so what we see here, we see Jesus commanding his disciples to go and find out about the cities that they're getting ready to go to. He's commanding them to take a close look at these cities and to exegete them. He's calling them to enter into a city. He's dispersed his disciples out on, onto various journeys. He's sending them out to go uh, and, and fulfill the work of the kingdom. He's sending them out to do those different things. And, and one of the things, I'll, I'll just, I'm gonna share a little bit of my story with you all. I, I planted a church in the city six years ago now. We moved here in September uh, of 2016. Um, it was, a, it was a, a, a long time for us planning to come. Um, And when we arrived here in the city, we got hit by some things that we didn't expect. I spent a whole lot of time doing demographic studies. I spent a whole lot of time like, like looking at riding around the city, doing a whole bunch of things. I'm, I'm originally from the city of Camden in New Jersey, uh, and I was pastoring there for a number of years. And I just assumed, I made so many assumptions that when I came to a city that's a lot like Camden and I came to the city that there would be a whole lot of similarities, but I was struck by the differences when I arrived. And it drove me to this realization that there is work to be done as we're getting ready to engage or enter into ministry in the urban core. There is work to be done on the front end as we enter into this work where we have to begin to understand and exegete the city. We have to begin to, to, to survey what the city is. And as we enter in, as we, as, we, and, and as we enter into the city, that idea is us coming into any condition that we might find. And so when I got here to the city, that it was in some conditions that 
I didn't expect. There were differences in people that I didn't expect. There were different cultures that I did not expect. There were different realities that I just wasn't familiar with. And so there's some deep work that we have to do as it relates to entering into ministry in the urban core. There's there's some deep work that we have to engage in as we look towards exegeting the city. Now you probably look at me like, what do you mean exegete? Like, what what are you talking about? For many of us, when he tells us here, he says, go out and find out who is worthy in that city. That idea of finding out is to search out or to examine something, to strictly inquire of a thing. And so as we look at that, what I want to encourage you about is this, is that the beginning process for exegeting the city is understanding these four principles. The first one is this, is that all the work in the urban core, all the work, all the ministry in the urban core is about people. We can't get past it. We can't get past the reality that God has called us to a people. We can't get past the reality that if we are engaging with the gospel message of Jesus and and going out with it into the world, that who we're going out to is people. Oftentimes we enter into this work with this idea, this concept that's largely theoretical. We go to this concept and and it's it's a whole lot of theory. We think that, you know, ministry in in the inner city, I, I remember I had a person tell me one time, he says, here's what you need to do. Just go get a soccer ball and take it onto a field and kick it around. I was like, okay, what's that going to do? He's like, no, you got to get the kids. You got to kick the ball around. And I said, man, that's, that's really theoretical. Like, how about I get to know who these kids are? How about I get to know their names? Like, how about I get to know their stories? How about I get to know where they're from? Like their experiences, the things that they've come across, the things that they face. And as we're looking at this, this idea of exegeting the city, what we have to begin to understand is that when we're looking at people, when we're we're understanding that the work that we're called to is about people, is that we've got to begin to understand that there's some vast differences amongst people groups. We have to begin to understand that there are some unique cultural identities that relate to the work that we do in the urban core that we have to just understand before we try to engage. And so if we're not clear about who it is that we are reaching, who it is that we are serving, and oftentimes what, what happens is after, after being here for a number of years and after having served in, in urban ministry for over oh, almost 20 years now, one of the things that you begin to understand, and, and I, I get a lot of this is, I get a lot of people who are from, from, not, from outside of the city who want to serve the city, who want to engage the city, but at the end of the day, they don't really have any desire to be with the people of the city. And so for many of us, we have to begin to reorient our minds and our beliefs about what it means to actually serve the city. We have to engage our hearts and our minds around what it means to be able to engage with the people. Because if we're not intentional about spending time and actually getting to know the people that God has called us to, we'll miss it. And we'll miss the people. And when we miss the people, we ultimately bring harm and damage where we're supposed to bring hope and blessing. So there's these cultural identities that are prevalent. 
you might hear me saying cultural and you might think that I'm, I'm referring to something like ethnically or something like that. And some of that is part of it. But there are some deep, unique intricacies to the culture here in the city. There's some unique intricacies to the cultural identity of people who dwell in the city. Just take, for example, you guys looking at me, you see how I'm dressed? I'm very dressed up for my church. They're gonna, when I walk in my church, they're gonna be like, why do you have that yellow shirt on? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and so there's just some cultural identities that are unique to the different spaces in our, in our city. There's some identities that are unique about who it is that we're called to engage with. And if we're not willing to do the work of finding out, as Jesus called the disciples to do, if we're not willing to do the work of searching out the people, if we're not do, willing to do the work of examining the people, then we'll miss an opportunity to love and serve the people that God has called us to love and serve. So this idea, simply, practically, how it looks is, begin to make some inquiries. Make some inquiries about people. One thing that I've learned over my almost 20 years in ministry is that people will never hesitate to tell you their story. They'll never hesitate to tell you their story. We're just not curious enough. We're not inquisitive enough to find out where people are. And so if we're going to do this work of actually discovering what the city is worth, we have to begin to realize that there are some unique beauties and, 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 and blessings to the people that God has placed right around our city. One of the things that, uh, that, that, that that drew me to the city, it's gonna sound weird, is that, um, like I told you before, I'm, I'm from Camden, New Jersey. I don't know if you ever heard of Camden, New Jersey. You probably have. <laughs> uh, but Camden is a rough city. It's really rough. Um, and so one of the things that drew me to the city of Wilmington is uh, I, was, I was fighting with God about coming here because I was like, God, I'm doing good work in the city. Like, I'm seeing guys who I went to high school with coming to know Jesus. All this stuff was happening. And I was fighting with Jesus about, about coming in uh, to another city to start a new work. And um, I read this article, you probably never heard of it, um, in Newsweek. It was titled Murder Town USA. Um, it was all about the city of Wilmington. Uh, so I'm reading that and I'm looking at all the statistics and I'm hearing about all of the challenges uh, that are being faced in Western City and all those kind of things like that all over the city. Um, and there was a, a, a gentleman who they interviewed um, in uh, in the article, and they asked him, they said, hey, what, what's Wilmington like to you? And he described Wilmington as South Camden. And so that may not mean a lot to you, but that rung bells in my head because the neighborhood that I grew up in in Camden was South Camden. And so when I saw that, I said, oh, great. I'm going home. <laughs> and so when I got here to the city, it was, you know, some of the things that we heard and read about were true. We experienced some difficulty right in our own neighborhood. My family and I are intentional about living in the city. Um, and the first week that we were living in the city, on our street, a young lady was, was murdered on the corner. 
just an innocent bystander. And so some of those things that we read about, some of those things that we heard about were true. But the reality is, is that here's what happens is that we take those incidents and we allow those incidents to color the whole of the experience of the entire city. When the reality is that nobody else on my block, no one on the city block that I lived on had any involvement with any of the violence that took place on that day. There were people who were coming from other neighborhoods or outside outside of the city who were engaging in that violence. Every person on my block is a person who's getting up, going to work, trying to make a, make a living, trying to raise their kids. There's so many things that are caricatures of our city. And so I want to dumb down the, the fact that, yeah, violence exists here. There's a whole lot of things that exist here. But the reality is, is this, and I tell this to my church all the time. From day one, I've told them this. Um, we did a, we did a, a, a large-scale community event at, um, West Center city, uh, at Chambers Park over in West Center City, um, and one of the police officers who was um, uh, taking care of the event for us, he came to me and he's like, you're not, you're not scared to do this out here in this park? And I told him, I looked him in, face, in the face and I said, listen, man, I, I'm not afraid, um, mostly because I'm from Camden. Um, <laughs> but secondly, I'm not afraid <laughs> because I believe this with my whole heart. Romans 1.16 tells us that the gospel is the power of God and salvation. And if we've got the gospel, then we've got the actual power of God. And so there's nothing, I, I believe that there is nothing that's able to stand against the power of God. No drug dealer, no murderer, no killer, no pimp, no prostitute, nothing is able to stand against the power of God. And so we carry the gospel with us everywhere we go. And so as we look at this, I, I, I want to continue to encourage us, find out who's worthy. Find out who's worthy in the city. This, this idea, the first thing I'm, I'm talking about is, 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 again, exegete the city. That's where we start. We start with exegeting the city. And then we move into this next phase of strategizing the context. Jesus commanded his disciples to exegete the city and to find out who was worthy. But Jesus wanted his disciples to have strategies for hurting and lost people. He wanted them to have, he wanted them to strategize their context. And so once you begin to exegete the city, the next phase that you have to enter into is strategizing. See, many of us, we, 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 we do a good bit of exegesis in, of the city and we go, you know what? I'm not going to go around that corner because I know that that corner has challenges. But that's not a strategy. <laughs> that's, that's straying away. And so we have to begin to understand that we need to strategize this context. We have to begin to, to look deeply into the, the things that we've uncovered, that look deeply into the stories that we've heard, look deeply into the things that we found and begin to strategize the context. So here's what I want us to get is that Jesus invites them. He says, find out who is worthy. What an interesting thing for the creator to say. What an interesting thing for the God who made all things. All things were made by him and for him and through him. What an interesting thing for him to say about his own creation. Find out who is worthy. 
Now this idea that Jesus is communicating uh, to his disciples, he's calling them to give the same weight and value to a thing as he does. And as we're talking about strategizing the context, here's the thing that I fear. Here's the thing that frightens me at times, is that when I go and I talk to churches and I talk to, pe- to, to, to Christians all around the country, their concepts and perceptions about the city and the people who dwell there are ones that don't ascribe the same value to them that God does. So we can look at the condition of our city. We can look at the condition of Wilmington and look at the challenges and we begin to develop strategies against the worthiness of the people in our city. We begin to develop strategies against the value that the people have in our cities. And the reality for us is that we need to embrace the fact that each and every one of us, no matter what we've done, no matter what we look like, each and every one of us bears the image of God. Each and every one of us. And each and every one of us is worthy. Each and every one of us is worthy of receiving the love of Christ. Each of us is worthy of having the hands and the hands of Jesus embrace us. Each of us. And so Jesus was calling his disciples to place the same value on these unique individuals as he does. Jesus wants us to value the people who at times we might think aren't as valuable. Well, they're just crazy out there. (laughs) Do you see what happened? One of the things that I'm, I'm very grateful for very early on is that before I even got here to the city, God placed a supernatural love in my heart for the city of Wilmington. I can't explain it. I still ride back into the city. Anytime I'm coming from Jersey, from visiting family at home, I come into the city and my heart feels the same way. When I see the skyline, I just, my heart lights up. And the reason that it lights up is not because Wilmington has so many great things to do, right? It does. It's not because of the tax-free shopping. It's it's not that. It could be. be. But the thing that lights my heart is the fact that I know that God has called me to a people. In this city with a rich church history, oldest church in America is here. There's so many historical things here. Peter Spencer, an establishment of his denomination, the Mother African denomination that broke away from the Methodist church. 
before Richard Allen did it in Philly. Like, so much history here, so much, so much rich church history here. And there is this call that I feel and this call that I sense that each of you might feel to embrace the people of the city. Now, I know that it's not going to like happen overnight. I know that. <laughs> Pastor Daniel knows that. It's not going to happen overnight. We got to begin small, take small steps, small increments into engaging in it. And then move into this next my final idea for you is cultivate patience. See, Jesus commands his disciples to stay there until they depart. Jesus wanted them to bear down in the place that they were until they found out and discovered the worth of the place. He wanted them to cultivate patience in cities. Jesus wanted them to have strategies that were patient enough to engage with the people. That's why he calls them to stay. This idea uh, in the Greek, it talks about remaining or abiding. It talks about enduring in a place. It talks about continuing to be patient, to, to be present in a place. And one of the things that I'm encouraged about as I stand here before you in this church with a 150-year-old history is that you've remained. You've endured. You've abided. But here's what I want to call us to, is to continue to be present. Continue to be present. My, um, my pastor, um, he has a saying um, for ministry in the urban core. He says, ministry in the urban core is crockpot. It's not microwave. And I fear that many of us want to adopt some strategies that we pull out of the freezer, place it into a microwave oven, heat it up and expect it to provide the nutrients that the crockpot does. Ministry in the urban core is slow. It takes time. It requires patience. Oftentimes, I, I, I tell um, people as, I, as I'm sharing the story of our church across the country, I tell people is that the young men and women in my church at times, they're not starting at zero. Many of them were raised in broken homes. Many of them raised without fathers. Many of them were raised without mothers. Many of them uh, didn't have the, the kind of education that, that one might need. Many of them, have, they have so many challenges that they're facing. 
They're not starting at zero. Many of them are starting at a deficit. So it takes patience. It takes patience to see the gospel be fully formed in people. It takes patience to see folks shed some of the behaviors that have been learned over the course of their life in order to engage with the message of Jesus. It takes time, it takes patience. And if we're gonna do that, we're gonna engage with people, we have to be willing to engage in the work, but also have patience. It's interesting to me (laughs) that the work that God started with humanity started in a garden. Gardens take a lot of work. My wife started planting some stuff in, in our yard and it takes work to plant some stuff. It takes work to plant a garden, it does. But imagine the concrete filled gardens in our city. When we dig, we're not just digging soil, we're digging rocks. Sometimes we're digging crack needles. Sometimes we're digging a whole lot of things just to get to the soil. But it's very interesting to me that the work that God started with humanity started in the garden, but it ultimately will end in a city. See, Revelation chapter 21, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adored for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, the dwelling place of God is with man and he will live with them and they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And then he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. The work that God is calling us to in cities is a work that we should embrace with wholeness of heart. Tim Keller talks about some really practical things about why we should embrace cities, right? Mostly because there are people there, right? There are a lot of people in the city, especially in our northeastern part of the world. like. Cities are concentrated with people, very dense. But the beauty of what we get, to, we get called to do, the beauty of how we get to engage with the work in the city, is that is when we engage in the city context, we're pointing to a greater reality that is to come. We're pointing to a reality where God will create for himself a holy city where people will dwell and he will be with them 
And so when we engage with people in our context, when we, when we exegete the city, when we strategize the context, when we cultivate patience, we'll really be able to assess what the city is worth. And as we engage in our work in the ministry of the urban core, we'll begin to recognize that the city has value because there are people there and people have value. And God has called us to love and engage and equip and respect and honor and love the people that he's placed in the cities that he's called us to. And so let's embrace that with our whole heart. Let's embrace that with our minds. Let's strategize around that. Let's be patient around that because God is making all things new. He's making all things new. Father, I pray by your spirit, God, thank you for this opportunity. God, thank you for the grace of knowing you, the grace of being able to be a part of your family. And Father, I pray, God, by your spirit, God, that you would help us today. Help us to take what we've heard. Help us to take what we've seen and be resolved to engage our context with strategy and with patience. And Father, help us to know that as you've called us to the city, as you've called Emmanuel Church to the city for 150 years, God, that you will continue to call people to yourself and you'll use us to do it in this city for your grace, for your glory, and for your great name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
from 